From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Last week, we talked a lot about hurricanes, and in light of Hurricane Ian, Dr. B, we discussed the emotional toll that a destructive storm can have on mental health. And you had mentioned PTSD. After a hurricane and during a hurricane, people feel very overwhelmed. And when people feel overwhelmed and they feel helpless in any way, that can lead to PTSD. So hurricanes are a setup for PTSD. Well, today we would like to talk about the emotional toll hurricanes have on children. Children may have a a more difficult time coping with devastating hurricanes and their aftermath. I bet you you must agree, Dr. B, because you you've dealt with children for so many years during your your career. Absolutely. You know, compared to adults, children do suffer more from exposure to disasters, including psychological, behavioral, and physical problems as well, and learning in school. So there is quite an effect. Well, now we have a family, a mother and dad, who graciously agreed to join us to discuss their experience with Hurricane Ian. I want to introduce Rob and Britt Chepik. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You live in Siesta Key, which is like a barrier island, sort of outside Sarasota, right? That, that is correct, yes. And so initially, it looked like the storm was heading in your direction directly and Tampa. I mean, I, to me, being a Florida girl, the, the whole anticipation is the worst. You know, you see that you're in that cone of doom. And you're a mom and dad of two teenagers, and it, it's a scary thing knowing that your your home is in that target. Tell me, walk me through what, what happened during that three days, four days. There was a lot of just waiting, uh, trying to figure out um, exactly if we were going to be affected or not. Um, I think everybody will remember there were lots of different spaghetti models, and a lot of them, most of them had the storm heading north of us, which actually is bad for us because we're on the bad side of the storm. Only one really had the storm going towards us, uh, which was the European model, which I will now always follow because that <laughs> to be the one that was uh, the correct one. So a lot of it was just that uncertainty. You know, in Florida, there are two types of people, the people that have lived here forever that say, um, I was here for Andrew, I was here for all of the bad ones, and, you know, it's going to be fine. And then the other people who have not been here, and they're all panicking. So you have this kind of delicate balance between not wanting to overreact, um, but not wanting to underreact as well. Right. Um, and, and that was very hard. I think uh, for the children, we really did a good job um, for the first several days of, you know, just kind of playing it cool and not really panicking too much. I don't really think we panicked until I think maybe Rob would say we panicked at the end, but until we knew that the storm was actually coming towards us, you know, we were you know, very cautious because we both lived in Florida a while and, you know, have had um, similar experiences. 
you know, once we saw the storm, you know, closing in on those last couple of days, and we saw that the storm was really coming towards us, um, things got a little bit hairier then. I can say with the kids, one of the biggest issues we had was um, media communication. So we had all of these, you know, we had the news on all the time, just, you know, the weather, we're news people anyway. So we have the news on all the time, just trying to figure out the weather and the, you know, the latest predictions. And the kids were watching it as well. And um, I think one thing that people don't really think about because everybody wants to get accurate information. So all the images that they're showing about devastating hurricanes, they've all happened um, because obviously the hurricane hasn't happened yet. So they don't have those images. So they're showing all of the worst images. So one of the things that I've learned is how difficult it is to get really good, accurate information, um, especially about your specific area. I agree with everything you said. I think we started off trying to measure the risk. And, you know, when you live in a place that can be subject to extreme weather, um, you all, you know, you kind of always know that something like this could happen. And we kind of, you know, we're watching it careful, carefully, but we didn't want to scare the kids. We didn't want to overreact to them. Well, then you get about 36 hours out from when the storm's going to hit. And now you really have to take action and you've got to level with them about, you know, kind of what could happen. Because it's it's no longer something that's uh, kind of a, a hypothetical. It's it's real, and you've got a certain amount of time to react and prepare, and you got to manage a family through that. And that, that can be tricky. And to what Britt said, you know, trying to get trying to get good information that doesn't scare your kids half to death is difficult. Britt, I loved your story about how. You know, with kids, you know, our things are so important when we're, we're younger yeah. and knowing, like your daughter said, our house could be destroyed. You know, there goes all my things. You had a really brilliant idea about saying, here's a big tub. You have a few hours. Really think about it. Take what you want, but you can't take everything into the car. Tell me about that. Well, you know, strangely, we had one child who rallied and one child who withdrew. So my daughter, I always call her Irma Ella, because when we had Irma, she just um, she rises to the challenge. She's able to really focus. She's able to stay calm and, you know, really um, get everything done. My son actually had the opposite effect and he really withdrew and um, almost was like, just dragging him along. You know, I had these big, you know, rolling tubs that I use for my job. And I gave each of them a tub and said, you know, pack the things, you know, from your room that you want to move to the storage unit. We have a storage unit a couple miles away on the third floor. And that for Ella was a very cleansing experience. For Jack, it's kind of was kind of a devastating experience, thinking that everything else um, he has is going to be destroyed. And we didn't we didn't say that but we just said we have limited time we have limited you know ability so let's just pack the things that you want and, and honestly he didn't know but he does not really hold a lot of value and material possessions um you know he likes his phone he's an artist so he takes his pencils and paper you know he packed his computer and other than that you know it didn't really matter you know my daughter um is a reader so we spent all of our time packing her books <laughs> which was really heavy and difficult to move but um but that's what she kind of held dear but 
afterwards, you know, she really felt like it was a cleansing experience and realized she didn't need a lot of these things. Yeah, Um, it is a really good experience. And I think both of you learn so much about your children and what they value. A hundred percent. And, you know, with all of the, the help now, um, you know, they're, we are so lucky because they're families that have lost everything. The kids have both gone through their rooms. They've tried to pull out things that they don't need. I have um, a whole car full of old books that um, Jack has grown out of, or Ella, you know, is read and she's wanting to pass on. So they've both kind of taken that opportunity to pass on some of their things to kids that have lost some of their things, um, which is, which is awesome. I think, you know, these are fantastic parents and they really did provide the children with a sense of safety and predictability. And it was consistent. Although look at the different personality types of the kids. And I like the idea of after helping other kids who maybe were, you know, in need because they um, have lost so much. So, I mean, I, I, I take my hat off to these parents. Rob, I, I know our, our listeners are wondering what happened to your house? What, what happened to your things? What was your experience like during the hurricane? We live on a barrier island, as we said. The kids left the island. They, yeah, we went over to family on the east coast of Florida. So we had a place to go, which is good. And we had a storage unit and we secured as much as we could in the storage unit. And then they left. Um, I stayed right up until the point where they raised the drawbridge on uh, our island and the police raised the bridge. And if you're stuck on the island after the bridge goes up, that means you're going to ride out the hurricane. So I left. I secured the house as much as I could, closing the door and realizing you may not see this house again. What a terrible thought. Yeah, but you know, I felt like I felt like our family had really rallied. We had done everything we could do, and I sent them all a text saying, "No matter how this turns out, how proud of them I was." And you know, we're, we're we're a family, and I, I almost I get a little choked up thinking about that. And then I I drove over to the East Coast to join them, and the next day we were you know we're watching the news and you know, seeing what happens and trying to get reports from what's going on back in Sarasota and on Siesta Key. And fortunately for us, and unfortunately for other people, and this is, you know, something we grapple with, is how to react to our good fortune against the loss you see. Uh, Other people experienced not very far away, people in our community. Um, But fortunately for us, um, we had a ton of debris down, um, a lot of trees and things like that, but, you know, no structural damage to the, to the house. Um, the island as a whole was very lucky in the end. So, uh, you know, we've got about a week's worth of displacement and cleanup to do, but compared to what other people are experiencing, we're very lucky. How do you deal with survivor's guilt? It was very, very hard the next day. I think, you know, we just try and support our community any way that we can. So, for example, when I left with the children, Rob stayed and we're doing construction on our house. And one of the workers came over and helped him put um, boards up on our back door. And um, that I, we're convinced saved, you know, our house of any sort of major wind damage. Um, well, I spoke to the contractor last this earlier this week. And he said, the man that helped us lost the half of his house because he oh. lives in Miami. So, um, 
I think the way that we deal with that is to just try and help, you know, as anybody that we can and try and realize that even if we help one person, um, it's making a difference. I think, you know, like Dr. B is saying that it's all overwhelming. And um, also it's overwhelming to think um, so many people lost everything and how can we help all those people? We can't. You know, we have a, a woman that we look after on the island who's elderly. We focus our attention on her, making sure that she's okay. Our neighbor is elderly. We do our best to look after our neighbor. And, you know, we, you know, we try and take as many people into the fold that we're capable of doing and really just trying to um, help them um, as much as we can. You know, know if you, anybody ever gets over that, we just, you know, we're, we're grateful. Rob and I are um, both uh, pretty you know, religious. So we, you know, thank God for our fortune and um, try and do what we can to help um, those that were less fortunate. I mean, like Dr. B said, you've done a great job. You know, you're, you're an example of what parents should do for children through any disaster. But you were also telling me, you know, you live and you learn. And yeah. what you would do differently next time. <laughs> I, I can tell you, I appreciate you saying that, Dr. B, but a lot of it didn't feel like we were doing a great job <laughs> at the time. <laughs> there were a lot of things that, um, you know, I think, you know, like you say, you live and you learn and things that I would do differently. Um, I asked Jack, my younger, who had the hard time, you know, what what is it that he would do differently? Because, you know, we're pretty retrospective about, you know, what happened and we like to try and fine tune our, our response for the next go. And Jack said, leave earlier. You know, I think we probably left it too late. Like I said before, you want to make sure you have the appropriate response. And with a hurricane, that's not always really possible, but for him, that was very difficult. I think also the fact that we left at separate times was very hard. Both kids were in tears and they made Rob promise that he would leave at a certain time um, and that he wouldn't stay any longer. And they were all, you know, we were awake until he was able to come over to the East Coast. So, um, so that was very, very hard on them. Dr. B, how does planning with children help calm them, soothe them during a difficult time? There's no doubt that if the parents feel that they could produce a sense of order, control, routine, they're calm, then the children will kind of will follow their lead. I think, you know, one of the things I heard here that I'd like to highlight is the altruism of the family about uh, all the kids, you know, helping other kids and so forth. You know, when people wind up coming to my office, you know, the things that they talk about are their regrets that Brit, you know, really uh, talked a lot about. Okay. But they were just minimal, you know, compared to the altruism and all the great things they did in managing the situation. So I still think they did a great job. It's a very difficult thing to have to go through. Absolutely. It's like a weather war. We're going to leave some links on where our listeners can give because, boy, so many people out on the West Coast need your help. So you can just visit our website at www bregmanmd.com and you'll also find a link on this podcast i want to thank our guests thank you so much rob and Britt, for joining us and telling us your story absolutely thank you for having us great job take care bye-bye
From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.